Hey, Marshall. Hey, Elizabeth. Do you want to talk about Lost? I, yes. Are you, are you sure? Yes. yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I was going to say something funny, but it wasn't funny, so. Oh, yes. well, okay. Uh, Just cut this. <laughs> Fuck. No, no, don't ever. Okay, well. Jungle Mystery. It's a podcast. Have you heard of it? We make it. Yeah, we do. We talk we about lots on it. So let's go. Do, 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 do. This week we are talking about season one, episode ten, Raised by Another. That Raised was by another. Not an Australian accent. Um definitely wasn't even supposed to be. Don't even think. Don't even trip, dog. Raised by another. <laughs> Raised by another. Raised by go. another. You get so, obviously, uh, it's about Claire, um, as you could tell by those really great Australian accents. Yep. So, like last week, we're going to talk about the major kind of plot chunks, starting with all the flashback sequences uh, of Claire. So, we learn a lot about Claire in this episode. She's had a rough past. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> haven't they all? But yes. Well, yeah, you're right. But... So our first flashback with her is her learning that she's pregnant. Um, her and her boyfriend, Thomas. And just this first flashback, I relate to Claire so hard because, you know, it's them panicking, looking at the tests or whatever and being like, oh, it's two pink lines. Uh. And then she like immediately just starts frantically like making up the bed and like <laughs> tidying up just like, oh, shit, oh, shit. Like, I don't know. I, I love that moment that she reacts by frantically cleaning like... <laughs> I wonder if there's a, a word for that in some other language, but the compulsion to, like, clean or straighten up after you've just had, like, a significant experience. Yeah, just, like, yeah. you have a bunch of extra energy, energy that has to be directed something at something. Yeah. So she's panicking, and freaking Thomas says they can do it together. And, you, you know, it it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. And he straight up talks her into it. Yep. he's And she's she's like, I've got, I only make $5 an hour. And he's like, well, yeah, but my painting. And I was like, all right, well, this isn't going to Yeah, you go already well, know where this he's is an, going. he's an artist. So. <laughs> oh, damn. So, yeah, he talks her into it. And I don't know if you thought about this, but given the fact that their characters kind of have a connection and this scene of him kind of talking her into it, kind of reminded me of Liam and Charlie hmm. where we have the one character being like oh you know it's gonna be fine we're gonna do this together we're in this together let's do it baby brother but it's like you you know it's not <laughs> that's not what's gonna happen right like yeah that is that is true there's definitely a parallel there because yeah they both get royally screwed over so yeah, just just a little. I, I know it's not really a direct parallel, but it, it kind of makes me think of that same dynamic between Liam and Charlie. And he, you know, he he tells her this could be the best thing ever. Yeah, and we know that Claire has a type, and it's struggling <laughs> artists. Oh my god, <laughs> which is probably the worst type you can have. Yeah. So because her total horrible asshole boyfriend talks her into it, she lets herself be excited, and she yep. goes to a psychic with her friend to get a palm reading for fun. He knows that she's pregnant, and it's kind of like, ooh, ominous, right? Because she only found out two days ago, right? So it's like, how do you know? Uh, cold reading, but, you know. <laughs> he knows. I hate, I, I hate psychics. But yeah. It's, it's, uh, also, you said they go, so they go to the, uh, to the psychic to get a reading for fun. Have you ever heard of somebody doing that? Yeah, I mean, 
I feel like for the most part, it's like a roadside attraction thing, right? Like most people who go to psychics aren't like genuinely. I had the opposite impression that people who go to psychics are like desperately looking for. Oh, I don't know. I would think it would be like a weird, you know, like you're on vacation with your friend and you see, oh, palm reading. (laughs) Haha, let's go do this, right? Like, Hmm. I would think that most people who do it are doing it like Claire and her friend, just kind of like, hee hee, let's go see what the psychic says, you know? Okay. Um, But yeah, so he says. She's pregnant, and then he suddenly is like, uh, I can't, I can't do this, you need to leave. Uh, he gets all freaked out, and Claire's like, what the fuck? So they leave, and they're both kind of, like, bristled, you know. Yeah, her friend goes, what a freak. Yeah, what a freak. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it's $200? Yeah, I don't really have, no. $200! I've never been to one, I don't know what If you took out $200... And set it on fire. It would be just as an effective use as going to a psychic. I know Canadian dollars aren't worth as much as American dollars, but it's still a lot of money. She says she makes $5 an hour. That's 40 hours. Yeah. Uh, Not Canadian, sorry. Uh, Canadian. Australia. Australian dollars. Australian, yes. Anyway. It's a, it's a fun thing people do. I don't know how much it actually costs, but regardless, he doesn't take her money because he makes her leave. But then uh, the next flashback pisses me off so much. Fucking Thomas. It's, first of all, they say it they're three months into the pregnancy. So first of all, Thomas, what the fuck has happened in three months of pregnancy that you are like driven to be so stressed and I can't do this anymore? Like what she's been to like, one doctor's appointment and that's too much for you (laughs) he's like oh she's getting fat (laughs) like i cannot express to you yes the first three months are very hard in terms of like for the woman like she's probably that's the whole thing with this yeah like he doesn't have to do anything yeah like she's probably been really sick maybe he's had to like hold her hair and while she throws up and you know they've had to start thinking about stuff they're gonna have to buy but normally like if a shitty partner is going to get cold feet. It's like towards the end of the pregnancy. Like, it's really weird to me that it happens so quickly where, you know, when they find out she's pregnant, she's six weeks late. So, you know, this is only like a couple of weeks after that, that they're, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden it's too much for him. It just pisses me off so much. He it's comes like, in and he's got this shitty look on his face and he immediately a grabs a beer. beer. Yeah. yeah. And she's so happy. Like, this is coming out of nowhere. It it makes me so angry. She's hanging up drapes and she's so excited. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, you don't get the sense that there was any strain there, right? He just comes in and he's like, I'm done. It makes me really, really mad. <laughs> I cry angry. Yeah, and, it, and there's not like... I mean, again, he can say that he's done with it, but he's still gonna have to pay child support, so... <laughs> yes, but just... It, it's been three months. They've only known... You know, they've known for less than three months. They've they've known for, you know, like six weeks. So, uh, anyway. I mean, he's a, he's a real douchebag. Yeah, it, it's just crazy to Grade me. Grade A douchebag. That they had him, you know, back out so early in the pregnancy. Like, damn, bud, you really were not ready when you said, let's do this. He's like, I've done a, I've done a quarter of this, uh, yeah. <laughs> like a quarter of school essentially, and I'm not feeling this major it's in too much. parenthood. Oh man. Anyway, so Claire goes back to the psychic. She's begging him for a reading, uh, and she wants to know why he couldn't do it the first time. He says he couldn't do it the first time 
well, first of all, he kind of like the first time where he's like, oh, you're pregnant. This time he says, oh, did he leave you? Right. Uh, so he knows that the boyfriend left. Not again, not a very hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cold yeah. Reading of. But then uh, she says, why can't you do the reading before? He says he saw something blurry and blurry, blurry. is bad. So then I, I wrote down most of what he said because it's so freaking intense. He says, it's crucial that you yourself raise the child. The father of the child will play no part in its life or yours. This child parented by anyone other than you. And then he like trails off and he says, danger surrounds this baby. Your goodness must be an influence in the development of the child. And Claire's like, okay, whoa, chill out. Like, I came here, you know, I'm putting the baby up for adoption, and I kind of just wanted to, you know, dot, dot, dot. We don't know. She just maybe was having some doubts, but she was expecting the psychic to be like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. But he says, no, there's no happy life for this child without you. You mustn't allow another to raise your baby. He gives her her money back and says, look, you know, I don't want your money. I, I just, it's really important to me that you, you have to raise this baby yourself. Uh, so she gets freaked out and she leaves. Yeah, and so so it's interesting because so he, he the two different things he says are danger surrounds the child, mm -hmm. and then there's no happiness for this child without you. So that to me, like when he says danger surrounds this child, it's not just the child that's at risk. It's almost like it like reminds me of like stories about the Antichrist. Like uh huh yeah like this baby is gonna become you know th he's gonna kick off the Book of Revelations. <laughs> Uh, without you, without his her mother. in his life. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the impression that I got. It's not yeah. just obviously like, you know, it's not that there's plenty of people who are, are adopted and they have great childhoods. Um but right. you know, it's uh, it's never you know, unless the mother's a huge piece of shit, it's never a bad thing to have a biological mother right. in their life. Right. But no, he's saying this is a matter he's of like, urgency. He's this saying, is like, you this may be, have to be the one. This is going to be Hitler Jr. if you're not uh, yes, exactly. up in there parenting this baby. Yeah. And he he is so terrified and set on this that, yeah, we, we definitely get the sense that, you know, if, if, if he's a real psychic and he saw, okay, this baby's going to be like a miserable person without you. I feel like there would be some, he would tell her that, right? He'd be like, you need to raise this baby or, or they're going to be unhappy. But he's saying like, no, you have to raise this baby. Like, as if it's a matter of safety for like everyone. <laughs> not not just your baby, but it's important, you know, on like a, on a grand scale that you have to raise this baby or else. <laughs> to the yeah, point where we find out he's he's calling her at home and he's saying, hey, I have a plan, you know please, please, you have to raise this baby, please. I have a plan. And, and she hangs up on him. But it, we get the sense that that's not the first time he's called her. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's like, please stop calling me. But yeah. the, the the thing is that, so it's interesting. It's another thing they, they do, or it's the thing they do in the show where they set something up as if it, it, it could be like either way, right? Like they, yeah. they like I said, he, he makes a couple of what could be considered easy cold reads, right? Like, yeah. People come to psychics and they, you know, maybe they, a lot of times they've had a major life event and they want advice. So it's like, okay, there's a woman here with her best friend. Let's make a cold read. And also, also he doesn't say, you know, are you pregnant? He said, when did you find out? Right? He says something like right. that. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, this is like standard psychic, quote unquote, psychic stuff. Yeah. But then you have this. Well, part and even in that first one, I mean, he, you know, they do though, they they do the cold reads to make people think like, oh, this is real. Let me give them my money. But both trips, he refused to take her money. True, so he, true. He's not yes. doing this to 
be like, woohoo, look how cool I am. Let's make me rich and famous. Like, he made her leave the first time. And then the second time, yeah. he did the reading. And then he was so sincere about it that he said, look, I don't even want your money. I just need you to listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 So after having this experience with him, she does her, she's at her meeting for the closed adoption and she can't go through with it. Nope. Um, there's the, God, I, I like sobbing through this entire scene when she's like talking to the couple and then... She says, you know, do you know Catch a Falling Star? Can you sing it to the baby? And, like, I can't even talk about it without crying. And then she goes to sign the paper and she can't do it. The pens are not, like, are physically not working. And then Yeah, it, it's literally it, like the universe. Yeah, the universe uh, does not her want her from, yeah. to give this baby up for adoption. And then she says she can't do it and she leaves. And, you know, cue me pausing the show so that I can collapse in a puddle of tears um, oh, for Claire and for the adoptive parents. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's really harsh both ways. Yeah. She can't go through with it. She goes back to the psychic and she's like, fine, tell me your plan. And she says, you spent the last four months, another number, four, uh, telling me I have to raise this baby myself. And because he has found a couple in L.A. to take the baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote, the psychic found a baby in L.A. to take the baby. <laughs> Oops. Bo- boss baby wants to adopt your baby. <laughs> so, yes, this reveal is, is woven in with her interaction with Charlie later as she's remembering kind of ominously. Yeah. How not only did he say you need to go to L.A., he gave her the plane tickets. The and specific she's like, plane yeah, tickets. Plane tickets for the next day. And she's like, I can't. I can't do this tomorrow. And he's like, no, you have to. You have to go on this flight. So we get the sense that he knew everything that was going to happen. And just like Charlie says, the only way to guarantee that she would be the one to raise the baby is if she got stranded on this island with the baby. Yeah, that's, well, that's well, that was wild. I was like, wow, okay, they're really, the, they're really do, doing the psychic thing. Like this, like this guy... I want. It's like I wonder if they're ever going to explore like how much did he see? You know, like because it could have just been like I don't know. It's just really bizarre. Yeah. You know. Do you know that the plane crash was going to survive? You know, uh, or yeah. So what? What Charlie says and what we as the audience, I guess, are supposed to assume is that he knew what was going to happen. Like he knew they were going to crash, but that she was going to survive. Right. Yeah, but like, how much beyond that? Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. What I mean, because like, yeah. you can survive a plane crash and die four days later from dehydration. Yeah, but I guess yeah. I mean that is how intensely he believes. Yeah, it's better to have them stranded on this island than to have any possibility of anyone else raising the baby. Yeah, and he's like, he did. He was like, like spasming when he was having that vision. I mean, he was like, yeah, really being affected by it. So that was that was that was pretty cool. I like that aspect of it where it looked like he was being tangibly affected by it. So, what did you think about this first experience where we have someone not on the island who we have some like kind of supernatural mumbo jumbo going on here? So let me let me elaborate. Yeah. I guess. Two possibilities are he's a he's genuinely a real psychic, you know, and he everything he says to her is true, but it's just he's a real psychic. Or he's a fraud, but island magic. He had hmm. real visions pertaining to her and the baby and the island, right? I didn't know if you thought about that. Like, especially your oh, skepticism. The island magic stepped outside of the island. Is what yeah, you're saying. so... We so we've talked about the possibility 
of everyone's there for a reason, right? Right, right. People are being converted to islandism. Island religion. <laughs> island. Island orthodox. <laughs> fanaticism. What if they really are there for a reason, right? What if the island, capital I, is bringing them there? Well, I definitely... The only reason I bring I this up is... I definitely buy that. Popular, like, I buy that the island is bringing yeah, them there. A popular theory at the time was, and again, disclaimer, not going to tell you if it's true or not, that mm-hmm. this psychic was a fraud, but then part of the reason he was so frantic about this was maybe this is the first time he's ever had a real vision Ooh. and it was because it was the island like okay reaching out but yeah i just well, i didn't know if well you... so obviously like this show has established that anything is possible right yeah. so there could be a real psychic right and then if you so if you switch turn the switch and like okay well psychics are real so one of the things that psychics talk about is th- there's like the the way that they work supposedly is that, you know, there are these big singular events that like tie people together mm-hmm. supposedly. Right. Like where you have these intersections of people's energy or whatever and a plane crash is one of those things. Right. If you yeah. think about, you know, if you, if you view each person as like a trail of, of their essence or whatever, all of that connects at one point. Right. Yeah. And that's like a, a beacon supposedly for, yeah, People who have uh, ESP or whatever, right? So I, that I mean, if we're if we're going with he was a real psychic, then maybe he just like felt such an incredibly strong energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but yeah, another... that other theory is is also very interesting too. But yeah, they're both very um, both viable theories. We we won't know for a while, and we won't. I guess I can't say we'll ever like explicitly get an answer, but we'll we'll kind of see some more hints, and we can form our own. Our own about the about it. psychic, yeah. yeah. About the psychic, yeah. Okay, okay. But it will be a while. But right now, we are led to believe that yes, he really did. He knew about the crash, and he wanted to make sure that she was in it so that she would raise the baby. And that's that's yeah. the takeaway. I guess before we move on to the next section, just a random little. We we were talking about gaffes in the last episode. This one, I actually did read about one. The scene at the the law office. The law books in the background are U.S. law books. Oh. They're not Australian law books. I didn't notice that at all. That's really funny. And then on top of that, the couple is saying they're going to pay her living expenses and her medical expenses, which is legit. But then they're also going to pay her $20,000 for the adoption, which is super illegal. Okay. I was wondering about that. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm pretty sure this is the same in the US and in Australia. The adoptive couple can pay for everything. They, they could do what they're offering for Claire, which is to buy her an apartment, pay all her living expenses, and pay all her medical expenses, and take care of her for the duration of the pregnancy, but they can't straight up pay her directly. Like, she can't make a profit. Because that's like, that's like that's human selling trafficking. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Also. I thought that was kind of funny. Larissa had a, a, an interesting question. I, neither one of us, like, we thought maybe, like, adoptive parents aren't supposed to meet the biological mother like there's supposed to be a separation there that makes it easier for the exchange to happen right i don't know no i don't think it would be possible for them to ever not meet but they're i mean it depends on what kind of it if you have an open adoption or a closed adoption too which this one it sounds like it was a closed adoption i don't know what that means just meaning claire does not have any rights once the baby's born okay open adoption like she could still 
be a part of the baby's family, right? Like, she would maybe have the rights to... I'm not sure what rights she would have, like, visitation and stuff, but closed adoption, like the lawyer was saying, it's entirely up to their discretion. If they ever want to tell the baby about you, you don't have the right to reach out and contact in any way. Right. You don't have the right to know anything about the baby after the baby's born. It's, it's totally up to the, the couple if they want to let you into the life. Or the adopted parents. Yeah. Correct. So, yeah, that's, like, that's... There there are different kinds. There there are there are open adoptions where you would have the right to, you know, receive updates about the baby and, and I guess like reach out, but then there are closed adoptions where you can't do that unless the parents are okay with it. Hmm. Okay. But anyway, yeah, it was just kinda of funny that they're like, Also we're gonna give you twenty thousand dollars. No, you cannot purchase a baby. you could argue that by them covering medical expenses and stuff, they are kind of purchasing a baby. But well, yeah, I mean, they're making sure she's taken care of. No, um, I look, I'm all for it. Yeah. Hey, I, yeah. I'm a capitalist. I'm a capitalist, baby. You want to buy a baby? <laughs> go for it. It's a free market. Free the market, free the people. Something. <laughs> buy that baby. T- oh, 20 grand's a little steep. I don't know. Uh, well, I certainly hold on a wouldn't. second. <laughs> <laughs> wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do, what do you think? What is the an adequate price for a baby uh, zero dollars Marshall, tell never, me go I ahead never, no, I would no, never no. buy a baby I have no interest um but um, yeah I mean there didn't seem to be any like negotiations or like <laughs> like was was she gonna get stock options in the baby that become successful later does she have any rights to the baby's IP if it invents anything I don't know I'm sure that was all in the contract yeah you're right <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the flashbacks. Yeah, so the the big thing there was that psychic and um the psychic woo-hoo, wanting her to be on the island. Um so on the island now, boy oh boy, does some shit happen. Yeah. Especially after the last episode where we we have the introduction to the idea of other people on the island. Now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. maybe we're experiencing that. Yep. So, oh God, I want to hear your thoughts on this. The opening scene with Claire's nightmare. That was wild. So I, I can That quickly... was so wild. Yeah. Uh, just a quick recap of that nightmare. She wakes up to the sound of a baby crying. And She's she is pregnant. no longer pregnant. Yep. She follows the baby sounds through the jungle. And she sees Locke sitting in a My table. boy. Oh, and he looks up and he has one black eye and one white eye. And when he draws a card from the deck, it makes the sound of a knife sharpening. Yep, yep. Oh, God, that scene was so cool. I know. And he says, you know what's happening. He was your responsibility, but you gave him away. Everyone pays the price now. Yeah, that was like, oh, oh, God, what? (laughs) And then she keeps walking and she finds a crib with a... uh, mobile over it with a little oceanic planes and there's no baby in the crib but she digs through the blankets and finds a puddle of blood yeah god that scene was intense <laughs> yeah yeah so holy shit also just wanna just wanna say that's totally legit like pregnant women have nightmares that are that vivid and it's fucking terrifying <laughs> oh i can um, imagine I've, i had I... a lot i haven't had any this round but when i was pregnant with my first son i had a lot in the beginning that were like super vivid and super terrifying so yeah she she wakes up screaming and jack is tending to her and he we reveal like 
she has blood on her hands, right? It's like this freaky reveal. Uh, like, oh my god. Kind of makes you think for a second that it actually happened. But Jack says... Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh god, is it a miscarriage or something? dug her nails into her hands so yeah, far. Jesus. Ugh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she has that nightmare. Jack tends to her. And at this point, fucking finally, we have Jack asking her... Were you seeing an OB and why were they okay with you traveling so late in your pregnancy? Mm. It absolutely would not be cool for you to no. take a flight, an international flight this late uh, in the pregnancy. You know, she said she'd been checked out right before. Although I guess like this is a very unique situation. I guess with her wanting to go for adoption purposes and maybe she would have intended to deliver in LA. I don't know. Well, do you think it, she was actually seeing a doctor? Yeah. Okay. I mean, she intended to. She cared about the baby and the pregnancy. No, but I didn't. I, that, that, there are people who are. I mean, especially if someone is interested in a psychic, people are are like, you know, the hippy dippy type. Oh no, 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 like I, not. I believe. Know. I believe that she was really seeing a doctor, and that her doctor really did clear her. You think a doctor it, cleared her? It's not unheard of. It's just okay. Oh yeah, but you know what? I don't know the the tickets she was given for for the next day. So yeah, maybe, she, she would have had to like yeah. showed up at an OB and be like, "Hey, uh, I got a flight in two hours. Can you check this thing out?" Yeah, so uh, probably, I, I don't believe that at all. I guess she's she, she. I think she was regularly seeing a doctor. I'm sure, and that she probably this late into the pregnancy, she would have been having frequent visits. So her her most recent visit probably would have been like, "Yeah, everything's going well." So she was she probably took it upon herself to be like. I can fly. <laughs> I can take a 16-hour flight. Well, she also didn't know the the sex of the baby. Yeah, but that's really easy to not know. You just Is it? To, yeah, you just tell them not to tell you. Oh. You only have... I mean, I don't know standard practice in Australia, but in the U.S., you usually have two ultrasounds in the duration of your pregnancy. Uh, the first one is way before you could know, and the second one is the... Um, when they look in detail at the anatomy and that's when they can tell you if it's a boy or a girl. But if you, you tell them, I don't want to know, whenever they get to the genits, they just turn the screen away and they're like, we won't tell you. And then they just don't tell you. <laughs> like, that's a very, very, very common thing. So yes, she could very easily, especially... That's weird. It was only three months in when she gets dumped and then and then she's not wanting to keep the baby. So she probably wanted to know as little about it as possible. But that's very different from, I'm not going to see a doctor. You know, like... Yeah. She wanted the baby to be healthy. She just didn't want to know about it, presumably. That's fair. Not want to form an attachment. So yeah, totally believable that, that she would not no have But no way that she got clear for a flight. No, yeah, there's no way that any doctor, you're right, have it, having it be the next day. If if it was a situation where, you know, she could sit down with a doctor and be like, I really need to travel to LA. Her doctor would help make arrangements. But there's no doctor in the world where you could call them and be like, uh, I'm going to fly to LA tomorrow. <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah, sure, that's fine. No, there would have to be, like, a lot of precautions taken. But anyway, whew. Yes, so perhaps she was lying about the doctor part, but I do believe that she had been seeing a doctor and, and was deemed healthy. And he asks her, you know, all the symptoms she's feeling, everything she says is normal pregnancy stuff. Nothing out of the ordinary. We, we later see Jack with Kate on the beach, and we have our first, like, there have been a lot of episode, episodes this season that Claire hasn't even been in. Yeah. So this is the first time that we're really acknowledging this baby's going to come soon. Yeah, people are really having to face it. <laughs> yeah, he says that to Kate. He says, Claire's going to have the baby soon. 
and it just kind of like hangs in the air for a second before we go yeah. to another scene and it's like oh fuck oh it's gonna be bad add it to the list <laughs> the list is shit yeah charlie is with claire and he's trying to get her to tell him about the nightmare he wants to comfort her and then a lot of people have mixed feelings about this scene uh, i know you said the first scene with them where it's clear that there's like chemistry you said it felt unnatural a lot of people feel the, that way about this scene hmm. but i think i think it's sweet and i think it's very charlie he says i think about you in this place how hard it must be for you and i think we could be friends i could be your friend and he's he's trying so hard to get her to open up and she yeah. just she turns him down she just doesn't really respond to him at all yeah i i i actually was okay with that scene strangely enough yeah, uh, so you know, I thought it I thought it was very believable on both ends. Charlie so badly and I think she kind of accuses him of this later on, and it's it's true. Like she's basically just like, You just wanna save me, you know? You just wanna help me because of the condition I'm in. Yeah. Which I think partially is true. Uh we know that Charlie needs to be needed, but I also think the more we see of them together, like he genuinely does have feelings for her. And she, obviously, as we learn in this episode, has no reason to trust anyone who says that they're going to stick around. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think and very, I, very believable on both parts and very natural. And even even if you remove, Char like, Charlie's background, there's still a very, like, a, a, a human need to, like, accomplish things. Like, especially if you are in a situation where it's very dire and, and yeah. you feel very overwhelmed, like getting anything done or solving any problem, whatever it is, it becomes very important. And so yeah. that, that, that just as a base, like a mental health thing mm -hmm. is, is very important. And then you add to that, uh, all of Charlie's history and it, it makes sense what his urge is. Obviously yeah. he has feelings for her, but it's, even if he didn't, it's not an unreasonable yeah. desire. Right. The very next night, Claire wakes up and someone has their hand over her mouth. God, that was creepy. And, okay, I, I always think, because it's like so, it flashes so rapidly that it's like a knife or something they're holding. But then they say later, and and I know with context that it's a syringe, but it looks like a knife. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I don't know. Everything just happens so fast. But they do specifically say a big needle later. Yeah. And again, it's like... It's raising the question, did this happen or did she just imagine it? Right. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. Because it was very fast and and they've already set up like it's happening at night and they're shooting in the same lighting and the same setup. So the yeah, it's very there's like much no transition. Yeah. It's very much supposed to seem like another nightmare. But then it's like, wait, hold on. But is she actually awake? We don't know. Yeah. And she doesn't say... He was trying to hurt me. She says he was trying to hurt my baby. Mm -hmm. So she, you know, very vividly experienced something. And, and she knows that this person is after her baby specifically, not just her. We have yet another example of Hurley just like knowing what's up when everyone else doesn't, right? Last episode, it was the golf course. In this episode, he's talking to Jack and they're kind of like, you know, we've been, we, we've looked everywhere. We, we can't find anybody you know, that did this, that might've done this. He says, I'm out here looking for some psycho with Scott and Steve. And I'm realizing who the hell are Scott and Steve? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he says they need to find out who everyone is. Uh, he says it's like someone's getting punched or stabbed or something every day here. And yeah, so he has the idea that they should 
basically compile everyone and, and interview everyone and find out who they are, where they're from, you know, why they were on the plane, and just kind of canvas. And it's kind of like, huh, yeah, you really should, though. <laughs> that, yeah. That's a really good idea. I just like that he gets to be the one who has that idea. He gets to contribute so significantly in, in, all, in these episodes. And so there so, is... Oh, yeah. Sorry, real quick. There is a folklore creature. I can't think of the name of it. Oh, boy. But it 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 preys on pregnant women, and it sticks like a proboscis into their stomach to drink their amniotic fluid. Uh. And I can't... That's going to be it, one that I have not heard of before. Is it an Oswang? Uh, it's like South Pacific... Oswang. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Huh. Yeah. Shape-shifting evil creatures, Filipino folklore, vampires, ghouls, witches, viscerous suckers, and beasts. But it's specifically... For pregnant women? Well, there's a version of it that's specifically for pregnant women. And it, like, has a weird proboscis thing, and it, it like, drains the life of the baby slowly Jesus over the pregnancy. Fuck. Yeah, so that's what that, that made me think of that. I couldn't remember the name at the time, yeah. but when she talked about a needle, I was like, oh, is, uh, this is a pretty obscure cryptid, I guess. Yeah, yeah I've never heard of it. It made me think of that instantaneously, so I don't know. Uh, but yeah, if you want to be really... <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I just, you said that it made me think of that instantly. Like, damn, really? Shit. No, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I have a lot of knowledge about horrible, creepy things, I guess. I don't know. I'm obsessed with, like, creepy No, that's, that's really cool. But yeah, that probably don't look it up until you've had the baby. But, uh... <laughs> I have no interest in uh, seeing any images of this thing or reading about yeah, it's, it in, it's... <laughs> until I'm no longer pregnant. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty rough. Uh, yeah. But that's, yeah, that's what it made me think of. And I don't know, you know, if, how much of that is there actually a reference to that or if it's just right. what they're talking about. Like, right. uh, totally coincidental. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they, especially since they are in South Pacific. Yeah. So. It could be. Yeah. I have no idea. That That's very interesting. So, sorry for the diversion. But No, but, no, uh, no. That was really, yeah, I, I've never heard of that before, but that's Made cool. me think of that. First Mothman, now this. Yeah. This, this island's hey, not everything. If I had to choose, I would rather meet Mothman. Mothman! <laughs> he just wants to warn you about the bridge. Speaking of Mothman, uh, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie says he's going to sit with Claire all night so that she can get to sleep. He's not giving up. But yeah, he, so he, he sits with her so she can rest. We, we see Hurley starting his senses. I love this scene. R- Ricky mentioned before we started recording that he loves the interaction between Hurley and Sawyer, but I I thought he was going to mention this scene. Hurley comes up to Locke, and he's, you know, every question he asks, Locke has some stupid cryptic answer. And uh, <laughs> Locke is like, why are you doing this anyway? And and Hurley explains, you know, we're checking on everybody. And Locke goes, who's checking on you? Yeah. And Hurley's Who watches like, the Watchmen? Hurley's like, uh, me? And it's... <laughs> and... And Locke's like, it was just a joke. And Hurley kind of looks at him and he's like, uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's funny. And Hurley, oh God, I don't even remember what Locke says, but Locke, like, I wish that everybody who interacts with Locke would do this to him because he says something else cryptic and is like looking off into like the middle distance, right? And Hurley kind <laughs> yeah. of follows his gaze for a second and is just kind of like, what the fuck? Like trying to figure out what he's looking at. And then he just like shuffles away. 
<laughs> yeah. He, he runs he, like, away. talks to that other woman. He's like, I know I already talked to you, but I really just wanted to get away from that guy. Yeah. So that moment was actually an improv. Oh. When he runs <laughs> away and grabs a random background character and is like, listen, I know we already spoke, but I just, I, I had to get away from him. That part, that little part was just a little improv that, uh. That's really Garcia cool. threw in. But yes, man, I really think it would lock it would uh knock locked out a few pegs if everybody who interacted with him was like that. <laughs> They're and, just like, uh, uh, okay, dude. I don't know if we mentioned, but the reason he's doing the census is because of these at- quote unquote attacks on Right, yeah. On um Claire just just to like get a record of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, so he's He's realizing, you know, they, the assumption is, oh, this must have been, you know, like, I don't really know what they even think they're looking for because they say, oh, we didn't find anybody, but there's people everywhere, right? So it's like, they're looking for someone they don't recognize, maybe someone who seems like an attacker, but. Yeah, who knows? But there's so many people in the open. Yeah, that they don't know. There's no doors to lock. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's, Hurley wants to at least get a sense of everybody and, you know, start to get to know who they are so that we can identify well maybe it's one of these folks <laughs> yeah jack is talking to kate and charlie and he's like you know we've looked everywhere we haven't seen anything he thinks the attack was another nightmare of hers and that it didn't really happen yeah he says pregnant women have extremely lucid anxiety dreams which is very true and he's worried that her panic attacks could trigger early labor and Charlie's pissed on her behalf, of course. He's like, what, you think she's lying? And Jack's, <laughs> like, <laughs> Jack's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I think that she thinks it's real. But that, you know, she just, she needs to sleep. And we have a moment where, like, as he's saying this and we're, we're throwing doubt on it, Harley interviews Ethan. Which I think is just interesting that this that this occurs right after, right? Uh, yeah. That we're hearing. Very, like, oh, very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so he interviews Ethan. He confuses him with someone else. Just drawing attention to the fact that we don't know who this Ethan person is. He's kind of like Scott and Steve. Who the fuck are Scott and Steve? So yeah, it's a brief moment with them. But as we'll see later, it, it in retrospect, it's really creepy. Mm-hmm. Jack then approaches Claire. And he tells her that it's really dangerous for her and the baby for her to be this upset and this stressed out. So he wants her to take a mild sedative. And she gets pissed off. <laughs> yep. That he doesn't believe her. So her solution is to go back to the beach, which is a, not a good, not a good solution. Not a good idea. But I mean, she's so pregnant, man. Like, I would, I would do the same thing, I think. <laughs> oh, God. If somebody tried to tried to reason with me at that stage of pregnancy and tell me that what I thought was real wasn't real, I'd be like, well, fuck you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely a realistic reaction, if if not a, not the most responsible choice. So, yeah, she storms off and she's going to go back to the beach where it's safe. <laughs> Quote, unquote, safe. Yeah. Oh, God. Hurley is interviewing Shannon and Boone. Yep. And... <laughs> They're get you know, they get kind of defensive and they're like, why do you want to know all this? And he says, why? And Shannon says, I am so not moving to the rape caves. Yep. God. Oh, fuck. I love that line. Also, the, also I think if Boone makes a Patriot Act joke, which I personally appreciated. Oh, yeah. Much. Boone's like, uh, why did you decide to start your own personal? Yeah, we are participating in your yeah. Patriot Act. <laughs> Shane was like, oh, he's a liberal. <laughs> he's a liberal. I was like, oh my god. Oh man. He's right. <laughs> but then Boone is like, hey, 
says, why don't you just use the manifest that Sawyer has? And it's like, oh shit, of course, of course Sawyer has it. And this, I, I would assume, if you're the same as my husband, was probably your favorite interaction of the episode. Uh, uh yeah. Harley and Sawyer. Yeah, this, this was great, because it was like, well, how are they going to do this? You know? Yeah. And they totally subverted it. Also, yes, the way Sawyer is decked out is just... Oh, those sunglasses. So oh, great. man. So great. Yes. Also, so you mentioned in the last episode how off-putting Sawyer was. All I could think in this episode, especially in this interaction, he's really hot. <laughs> Why did I know I'm, you were going to say that? I'm Jesus, sorry. Jesus Christ. There was something just particularly like angular about his jawline in this episode and like his hair framing his face. I was like, shit. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad I know uh ricky very well because if i didn't know who you were married to i'd be worried about the <laughs> men you choose about my my taste in men your taste in men based on this whatever everyone's obsessed with sawyer shut up i'm not alone not everyone because i'm not okay <laughs> everyone who's attracted to men is obsessed with sawyer oh boy he's really hot anyway <laughs> He said, wait, Larissa has, you have said you're attracted to him. Yes, she has said he's very hot. Thank she you. She even has Marshall. her own, her own headcanon about him and Saeed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only in certain scenes. Anyway, okay. we're missing the meat here, which is this beautiful interaction. Hurley's basically just like, you know, you could be a jackass to me like you are to everybody and we can go back and forth. Or you can just give me, just give me the manifest. <laughs> and he's like, you need the points. Yeah. And Sawyer just kind of looks at him for a minute, and then he fucking does it. He says, "Yep, you sure know how to butter a man up, stay puffed. <laughs> yeah! And Hurley <laughs> just takes it in stride. Oh, oh man. God. Just... That, they really... That was a great example of, like, subverting... Yeah. ...your yeah. expectations. Well, that was really good. Like, maybe Hurley... instead of sending Kate over to him all the time, they should just send Hurley. <laughs> yeah, just send Hurley. Just send Hurley. Uh, I think that uh, Sawyer's episode would have gone a lot differently if Hurley had been the one to ask him for the medicine. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, he wouldn't have been... He would have been, been trying like, to dude, sexually harass him the whole time. He would have been like, just give it to me. And Sawyer would have been like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't have it, like... sorry. <laughs> oh, man. So he gets the manifest, and uh, we'll see what he does with that later. Mm-hmm. So Charlie follows Claire, and at this point... Um, you know, he's like trying to get her to go back to the caves. At this point, we see like he's kind of doubting what she saw just because of how extremely she's reacting and like she's clearly not being rational, right? Yeah. And so he's kind of like, uh, okay, you should really come back to the caves and just do what Jack says. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, oh, wait, uh, maybe this isn't the right direction to take this. Cause... Yeah, exactly. And this is when she says, you know, you don't like me. You just want to rescue me. And then she starts having contractions. We, as soon as they set off, we were like, this, she's going to have contractions. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we know exactly course, what's about to happen. Course. As soon as she's yep. separated from the doctor. Yep, exactly. Very predictable. That's fine. And, you know, going on a, an intense, the, the level of activity that she's doing in this episode would certainly, that plus stress would definitely trigger. Uh, that's one of the things they tell you close to the end if you if you are ready for labor to start take a long walk <laughs> really uh, yeah is it just because you get you jostle everything around or <laughs> just being physically active kind of helps kick things off but mostly it would be the huh. stress and anger that she's experiencing like the heightened emotions um because she's this is have, still she's gonna have a hate birth <laughs> <laughs> this is still 
Oh god, how many weeks is she? This this would be She's over eight months. Yeah. This so she's like thirty-five weeks? Okay. So yeah, that's not good. Um <laughs> No, she's real close. That's too soon. It's not really considered full you're you're considered full term at thirty-seven weeks. So like I had I had Ricky at thirty seven weeks, which was three weeks early, quote unquote, but like he wasn't considered a preemie or anything because I was, I was full term then. But had it okay. been a week or two earlier, that would have been like the point at which that's too soon. She would need to be in a hospital because <laughs> there's a, to be a, safe. a fairly big window for variability in like gestation, right? I mean, as you said 37 weeks, but it, can it be up to like how, 42. What, what, 42, so plus or minus two and a half weeks? Yeah. Yeah. I, I for the longest time, thought it was like if you're two days before nine months, you're a preemie. <laughs> Because I knew literally nothing about <laughs> birth. So. No, there's a there's a couple weeks of grace. There's a big in either, window in either direction, but yeah, she uh, she's before that window of safety. So that's why Jack is so nervous because he's like, it's not going to go well if she has yeah, a baby she, right now. She should be lounging around as much yeah. as possible. Yeah, exactly. So Charlie's panicking and he's like, okay, okay, let's do this. Uh, you got to like breathe right and like time the contractions. And she's like, shut up, go get Jack. And he's going on and on and he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I can do this. People, people probably have to do this all the time. Right. So I can figure it out. And he says, if I can kick drugs, I can deliver a baby. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. She's like, she's like, what? She's looking at him. Yes. (laughs) Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, she's like, I'm not the crazy one right now. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I should mention, uh, I was a drug addict, but I'm not anymore. God. And it's like, oh my God. Just go get Jack. Not the time, my man. So he goes to get Jack. He runs into Ethan. Mm, Ethan. And he says, hey, you you go get Jack. And he, he tells him where he is with Claire. He's like, I got to get back to her. You go get Jack and bring him. This is the point at which they speculate about the psychic because Claire is freaking out. She says, I'm not supposed to be here. Someone promised me that it would be different. And right. they, they talk about the psychic, go back and forth. And Charlie's like, oh, he must have known. As they're kind of having this revelation, Claire t- says the contractions have stopped. And Jack is still not there. So it's probably been, she's saying, oh, it seems like they've stopped. It's probably been like five to ten minutes of them, like, waiting for him to arrive. So they would have assumed he'd be there by now. So is that how long it, it takes for you to know you're not getting another one? Um, if from your experience? When, when, you know, they talk about timing the contractions or whatever. Whenever you are actively in labor, like, okay, this is happening... The contractions are four minutes apart. Okay. So she presumably would have waited long enough to be like, uh, okay, you know, I'm not getting another one. So maybe they're done. So Charlie says, oh, maybe it's like false labor because you're stressed out, which yes, he's yeah. right. <laughs> um, so they're going to go back to the caves together. And as this is all happening, oh my God, we see Saeed booking it yep. through the jungle. We see Hurley booking it through the jungle. Saeed says... So we, we get kind of our, uh, an answer to one of the questions last week of whether or not, not necessarily whether or not we should believe the uh, Russo, but Saeed definitely believes her because uh-huh. he says, I found the French woman. I had to come back. We're not alone. We're not alone. Seemingly not referring to her, but you know, the others that she talked about. Like, yeah. I, I think he heard the whispers and now he's like, oh shit, she's right. So he's warning Jack of this danger. He is genuinely freaked the hell out. Yeah. Which I guess I would say they've established takes a lot to do A lot to, him. to scare him. Yeah. So he's saying this to Jack and Kate, but we kind of pan over and see that Locke mm-hmm. is overhearing too. And boy, yep. does he have a look on his face. Yep. 
Ooh, I got some thoughts. So, okay, I think this is the first time he's hearing about the French woman, right? Yes. So, yeah, he's probably, like, pissed that they're in on something that he's not, right? Something seemingly so important. And now he's getting this nugget of information that Saeed's saying they're not alone. So what, hmm. what do you think about that? I don't think that's what's happening. What do you think is happening? Well, can we talk about the final scene? Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Hurley runs in with the manifest. He says, guys, guys, there was one person that wasn't on the plane. And then we flash over to Ethan walking up to Claire and Charlie. Yep. And they look scared. And that's the end of the episode. Yep. So. Okay, tell me. I, okay. There's one bigger question, but my first, my gut reaction to this was, okay, we know that the person that Ethan has been hanging around with the most was Locke. Okay. So my interpretation of Locke's face when he's hearing Saeed talk about other people being there is that he already knows. (gasps) And he's disappointed that. Not disappointed, that's not the right word, but he's like, well, this is an extra complication. Okay. Now that other people know. Concerned that other people know. Okay. Right. So, because what we established in this episode, sorry, not this episode, previous episode, Mm -hmm. people people who've already been here have a more, much more intimate knowledge of the island. Yeah. Like Locke does. Yeah. So he would have more in common with them than he does with anybody else. Okay. So it would make sense if he, maybe he learned about them from the island okay uh the royal or maybe maybe island. he's been hanging out with ethan maybe ethan like sensed in him yeah and like told him right yeah and just like okay. he kind of like showed up yeah you know and like integrated his way in because like yeah. you, could, you you could think like just imagine and this is really creepy but just imagine like everybody's asleep at night and you've been watching them for like a couple days you could just like Go if you have clothes that make yeah. sense. You could just yeah. go in, lie down, and wake up in the morning with everybody else. Yep, and could. no one would notice. Yeah. Oh God. I know, right? Uh, so I—that's what I think. Do you think there's any possibility that uh, Hurley does not say Ethan wasn't on the plane? Correct. Right. Do you think there's any possibility that that was just misdirection at the end? That creepy shot of Ethan, and maybe this person yes. who wasn't on the plane could be somebody else entirely. There's very possible. I think. The counter to that is, how do they know, the the plane broke up into three pieces. How do they know who is supposed to be there and not in the tail section and not in the front section? Well, the concern isn't whose name is on the list that I haven't spoken to. The concern is, who have I spoken to whose name isn't on the list, right? Okay. It, I mean, so many people have died. They know there's going to be right. way more so names even if there's, yeah, than there right. are people, okay. but that's there's right. no Ethan Rom <laughs> on the list, right? Or that, that's, that's, right. What, that's what we think. Unless the other option is that Ethan gave a pseudonym. Right, but it seems like, yeah, okay. He he could have. I think I would like to think that he has been there and he teamed up with Locke because Locke yeah. knows about the island, and there's something sinister going on there. Right. That right. was my gut reaction. So that's a very good I'm gut gonna, reaction. That's that's. I'm gonna go with good. my gut because that yeah that like gave me I had a very visceral reaction to that. So yeah, that's that is very very interesting that you thought that you got that from um, his facial expression. That's very cool. And we are definitely going to explore that more. Yes. But yeah, so we don't actually know for sure. It's very possible no, that the don't. next episode is going to open up with Ethan being like, hey, why do you guys look so scared? You know, like, let me, let's me let go yeah. get Jack. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. The, the It's not the first time they would have done this. Yeah, exactly. It, it could be like, what is the term? What is the, 
What am I looking for? Red herring? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, could be a massive red herring. But we do know Hurley is scared. He, he, I'm assuming, was thorough, right? I don't think we have to think think that Hurley made a mistake. Like, if he says there's someone he talked to who wasn't on the manifest, then then I think we can rely on that to be true. So there is someone out there that Hurley spoke to that was not on the plane. Yep. We just don't actually know yet if it's Ethan. He seems creepy, and they set that up in an intentional way. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, we will we will find out very soon. The only other possibility is that Hurley is actually the big bad. And he <laughs> is That's orchestrating true. everything hey, on the island. Locke said, who's checking up on you? Yeah, who's who watches the Watchmen? No one's this is like the this is like the, the when <laughs> cops get to investigate themselves after something bad happens and they clear themselves <laughs> of any wrongdoing. Oh man, I mean maybe Hurley's working really hard to be so lovable and it's it's all part of his Yeah, he's gonna murder. He's gonna butter him up, sleep. make him play call make him he's play gonna, golf, and then he's gonna literally safe. butter him up and eat him. <laughs> god no uh this episode was these two episodes back to back were fucking awesome yeah uh <laughs> just i don't have i don't have a more eloquent way to say it but uh they they really dropped some stuff in yeah these two episodes god i, I was mean really we went, excited for this we went from our biggest question being what is that monster in the jungle to being like holy shit wait we haven't even thought about other people on the island but now we have to think about that too <laughs> yeah like yeah oof like I, I, I do enjoy like the character focus episodes, but I was really like jonesing for another yeah uh, island sp- spookiness. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm trying. I'm trying to th- come up with a better way to put it, but I just wanted more creepy shit right. to happen on the island, yeah. basically. And this season still has a lot to deliver on that front. Don't you worry. Oh yeah. There's still we're we're gonna continue the trend that we have where it fluctuates between character focus episodes. And episodes where you're, like, falling off your chair in shock of everything that was just revealed. <laughs> um, that's going to be a trend that continues. <laughs> yeah, because the next episode is halfway point of the season, so. Yeah. All right, let's see. This episode, yeah, this episode's about Claire. I almost forgot for a second. I don't know how. Um <laughs> How do you feel about Claire after this episode? Uh, I mean, I already felt bad for her, but I feel like extra bad for her. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. have a lot of uh, empathy yeah. for Claire. Like, she's just, she seems like very sweet and very, like, you know, almost flawless, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I feel bad for her. Yeah, the scene where she is talking to the adoptive couple made me so emotional because, like, she looked like such a little kid. Like yeah, yeah. I, she's I wasn't so young. <laughs> yeah, I was and, not. I mean, I didn't like cry or anything, but that scene was definitely like, oh god, oh yeah. god. <laughs> and I mean, we don't get the sense that she's like a teenager, but like she's very. No, young. No, she's definitely right? young. Yeah. yeah, she's so young, and she's sitting there saying things like, "Oh, you know, my dad used to sing me this song. Can you sing it to the baby?" And it's just like, "Oh my god." Yeah, I was like, I as soon as that started happening, I was like, oh, "She's not gonna do." This. I know, I know. Um, yeah, the, uh, and also just like, something, it's like, so Jack has had an experience with the island, right? So yeah. he knows that there's like some extra weird stuff going on. But, so me and me and Larissa kind of had a discussion about like, was, was he right to just Dismiss. say like, hey, you should take some medicine for this? 
uh, even though he knows that weird stuff can happen here. Yeah. You know? I think his instinct is so overpowering to, to go about it as a doctor, right? Because... Yeah, because you're supposed to be White empirical Rabbit, about everything. having that talk with John, John says, hey, you know, if I came to you and said I was having these visions and blah, 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 what would you say to me? And he would say, oh, I would just say you were sleep deprived and dehydrated and, you know, X, Y, Z. So I think it's even though he himself has experienced something like this his instinct is so strong to just assume oh it's it's obviously just you know because of your pregnancy right there's got to be a way to solve it yeah exactly there ha- there there has to be a simple scientific answer a reason it's happening and a way to solve it period regardless of what he's experienced personally yep. on the island because you know there's probably a, a not so small part of him who you know it's been like several days since that's happened now, he's probably already convincing himself that that was just, boy, what a crazy day I had, right? <laughs> he, he's, yeah, and he's even such if... a, a, a rational person, like to a fault, that he could he can probably convince himself, like I just needed to sleep, right? Well, even if you even if you do look at at something that's like a spiritual experience that someone who's like uh, like on the agnostic side of things has, you can you can say like okay i definitely did experience that but i'm not going to let it color the rest of how i interact yeah. with everything and, else and also i mean and i think a, that's probably what he's doing he's a spinal surgeon he's not an ob right like he doesn't know how to talk to pregnant women <laughs> he he no i don't think he ever he's not he the has, talk to patients type <laughs> he has very little prowess and experience in the kind of human aspect of being a doctor like he can solve the problem but he can't make you feel good about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he's uh, <laughs> dealing with patients, they're like covered in those blue mats and they're splayed open like a yeah. like a piece of meat, and he goes in there and fixes them. You know, it's not yeah. it's not a yeah. So it's, not, obviously, spinal surgeons are, are very important, but I'm saying that it's not as much of a. I would guess it's not as much of a human right. Yeah, I mean, it, thing the, like OB the term. Is. The term doctor is not all-encompassing. He's not going to be good at every aspect of it. No. Um, So, yeah, I I think he had a very kind of realistic reaction to her. He he came at it in what he thought was a reassuring way, and, um, you know. Turns out it wasn't. She didn't feel that (laughs) way. Um, We've already had several characters mention how much his bedside manner sucks, so. Yeah, I do. Another thing I I wanted Not not that I'm a huge fan of Jack, but I do feel like he's doing his best. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I feel like we've seen, you know, there were those first couple episodes where he was like this unreal action hero who was perfect in every way, and now he's so much more human now. Yeah, the, sh- the, sh- I think the part shine of it has is, come off, which it should. Yeah, and we're seeing less of him, I think, so it's like, yeah, he's not the capital T, capital H, the hero. <laughs> he's just, you know, the leader. He's a guy, but he's not like this faultless uh, man, but... I wanted to kind of bring up something that I don't know if you've thought about. We had a mention in the last episode of a child, uh, Russo, asking where her child is repeatedly. Oh, God. Do you think it's the... We have Claire in this episode determined that she's not scared for herself. She's scared for her baby. So, like... What's going on with kids and babies on this island? (laughs) I don't know. That's a whole... All right. Well, that I just didn't. I, that's just, a whole thing. Like, if 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 she's like, if Rousseau is like, where's Alex? She's ex- like, and the baby turns out to be Alex. What does that even mean? I that's oh, that was not where I was going with that. Oh, 
That was the hold on. I thought I thought she was. You're saying that Rousseau is looking for a baby, and then the baby is going to turn out to be the one that Claire has. No, no. I'm saying so. When we spoke about solitary, uh, we talked about the fact that you know Rousseau killed everybody on her team, but she's asking about Alex. Where's Alex? So your theory about that was Alex was a baby that she had on the island, but then now we don't know where Alex is. Right. And now Claire's about to have a baby on the island, and she's convinced that someone is going to hurt her baby. So I just... It's not going to be a regular childhood. (laughs) (laughs) That's about... I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I mean... So we know that just being on the island is slowly affecting people. So just imagine, like, if you're born on the island. Yeah. That could do to you. Yeah. You know, especially if you, if, if you, if, if we go from the perspective of like the island's existence has like a, an impact just being in proximity to it, like being right. in proximity to a piece of radioactive material changes you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But it, in terms of, I mean, let's assume we do think that they're like, you know, the first sequence of Claire was clearly a nightmare. Let's assume that the second one was real and not a nightmare. Someone actually tried to attack her. We know that someone is among them that was that's not on the manifest. Do you think that they're after her baby, or do you think that that was just like her interpretation? Well, so I mean, it, if they're after her baby, they're not after it to kill it because if they wanted to kill it, they could have just killed her. Yeah, and that would have taken care of it. Like right. they could have just, or they could have literally just stabbed her in the gut. Yeah, you know, but the fact that they had a syringe makes me think that maybe they, if again, assuming that is this that someone did attack her and they were going after the baby, that they wanted like blood from the baby or something. Okay, that's all I was trying to get at. Was what? What do you think? Why do you if if you think someone's actually trying to do something to the baby? What do you think it is? So yeah, they they want. I don't know. Maybe they want to test the blood, see if like if the baby is special, and they want to verify it before they do anything else. But I don't even know what, why the baby would be special. Right. Or... <laughs> well, something is up with this baby, right? It's, yeah, something it's is up with this. Danger surrounds it, and it's very important that Claire must raise the baby. So, if, like we were talking about earlier with the psychic, if the island quote unquote brought her here, right, or mm-hmm. something, if something kind of otherworldly drew her to this island, then maybe the island or these others them whoever they are are like oh that's the baby right (laughs) yeah like why the fuck would they be going after a pregnant woman (laughs) but anyway i just just food for thought um there's a lot of food for thought in this these episodes yep my brain is full well maybe that's a sign that we should wrap it up for tonight yeah because i just spent three hours brain vomiting Well, the next no. episode is is called All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues. Yeah. Thoughts? What? what? <laughs> Do you Cowboys. have a guess about who that is referring to? I'm so traumatized by my oh, <laughs> experience with the Rising Sun thing that my brain is paralyzed. I will tell you, uh, we are reaching the point where we could start to see some repeats, so this one... Could be a repeat, or it could be someone we haven't seen before. Oh, cowboys! I mean, that first thing I think of with think of cowboy is Sawyer. Yeah, but all the best cowboys have daddy issues, and Sawyer definitely has daddy issues. He's got yeah. I mean, his daddy killed his mom and then himself, right? <laughs> yeah, that would do it. <laughs> that, that would do it. <laughs> That'll do it. That's a real stew right there. But yeah, that's, yeah, a, good, I, that's yeah. a good guess. 
I, I don't want you to be afraid to guess, Marshall. You're doing great. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm going to guess Sawyer, but I, I don't know if they would do another Sawyer one so soon after the other one. Okay. Cowboys. It could be anyone. It could be anyone. Everybody's got daddy issues on the show. It could be literally anyone. Daddy issues. Could be Walt. Could be Walt. Oh, I said that right when the, yeah. Oh, it could be Walt. That'd be interesting. I would love a Walt episode. Yeah. Well, all right. So we'll leave it there. Your your guess is either Sawyer or Walt is what I'm saying. Yep. Okay. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed for Walt. Okay. Well, we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. In the meantime, uh, you guys can reach out to us on social media. We're on Twitter at Jungle of Mystery. We are on Instagram at Jungle of Mystery Pod. And we have a Gmail, which is junglemysterypod at gmail.com. Yep. And we want to hear your thoughts and feelings about our show and about your theories about what's going on with psychics and babies and other people on the island and Locke maybe knowing about the other people on the island and just any 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 theories you have. Uh, we would love to hear and we can share them on the show. Oh, yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Next week, we'll be talking about all the best cowboys have daddy issues. And in the meantime, <laughs> uh, we need to remember that if we can't live together, we are going to die alone. Yeah, Hurley, how about you give me a kiss? <laughs>